Here's what's coming up on your horizon. We've all heard the stories, all throughout the coronavirus pandemic, of people stocking up and stores running low on certain goods. Toilet paper, bread, meat, and other essentials. But there are a few other shortages you maybe didn't see coming. Like sewing machines, elastic, and even yeast. To family and consumer science teachers, however, this makes sense. As people all around the world sheltered inside their homes, homemaking skills are becoming just as essential as those grocery store items in short supply. To get a better grasp of this phenomenon, I decided it was time to step outside, responsibly of course, and go just a few blocks away from my home to visit one of my co-workers. Hey, Hi, Terry. Come on in. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. Did you I'm find it okay? Right. Yeah. Today on Career Tech Horizon, feels like home. Stories from the at-home life and the suddenly very important skills that go along with them. Stay with us. Career Tech Horizon is brought to you by the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Hello and welcome to another recorded at home episode of Career Tech Horizon. I'm Blaine Singletary, flying solo this week. Now, like I said before, I went to my coworker Terry Holland's house. She's the Family and Consumer Sciences Administrator for Oklahoma Career Tech, basically one of the head honchos when it comes to the teaching and certification of those classes wherever they're taught around the state. She also taught it herself for many, many years even going back to when it was called home economics. But today, she, like myself and many more of us, has been working from home. And I gotta say, what a nice, well-kept home it was. I mean, I guess it makes sense, since that's literally what her field is all about. I was greeted by a beautiful garden, complete with a little waterfall. And when she opened the door, smells of baking in progress welcomed me inside. She invited me over so I could pick her brain on these suddenly important home skills, as well as doing a little show-and-tell. When the stay-at-home orders came down, many people saw this extended time indoors as an opportunity to learn a new hobby— in Terry Holland's case, she had a project in mind that may seem a little unorthodox. I'm learning to crochet, and so I was going to crochet a coronavirus Christmas ornament. <laughs> My husband said, why in the world would you want to do that? It's like, to commemorate this year of coronavirus. And he's like, why would you want to commemorate that? And, you know, I guess it just, it's something we're all going through. We're all going to look back and say, do you remember 
before coronavirus how we used to fill in the blank, you know, whatever it is. Terry says in these difficult times, it's natural to want to take some mementos or souvenirs along with us. I see it as as a badge of honor, courage. I made it. We survived. Exactly. While they may not be the same things we're facing today, Terry says she's reminded of her family members' little quirks that were also rooted in past hardships. My grandmother worked in Leningrad as a baker. When Grandma would make that Italian cream cake, she would leave it on the counter. And we would always tell her, you know, it has a lot of butter and, and um, cream cheese and things. We really think you should refrigerate that. And she would remind us that during World War II, she would dig dead crows out of the frozen tundra in Russia to boil and make soup. So if she could eat dead crows, she could leave the Italian cream cake on the counter because it wasn't going to hurt her. So we finally just gave up. It's like, okay. Okay, Grandma, we get it. Just do what you want. And that's not the only thing from her grandmother, or Oma, that she's leaning on right now. In a time where people stuck at home are rediscovering the art of baking and bread making, Terry's gone back to her Oma's bread recipe. She took me through some of it while I was there, and of course, the teacher in her came out. I've got butter, sugar, and milk in here. Basic ingredients for bread making. And I did that early on. And the cool thing about, about doing this is this is kind of the basic, you know, STEM is very important. Um, and STEAM, as we're talking about science, technology, engineering, and math. And here we've got the very first STEM and STEAM was family and consumer sciences. Learning what the ingredients do you know, students always ask, if, if, my, if my food doesn't turn out, do I flunk? Or will I get a bad grade or whatever? It's like, no. If you can tell me why it didn't work, perfect. In one point of her career, between separate stints of teaching family and consumer science, she taught middle school science. And in many ways, the two go hand in hand. Even baking bread can be a scientific experiment, and FCS can provide that all-important practical example that some students look for when wondering if what they're learning in science class is important to real life or not. Terry scoops out a cup of flour and places it on a scale. So that is weighing in at 139 grams, and according to the USDA, one cup of flour is 120 grams. This recipe calls for seven cups. So now we can ask kids to do the math. If this is, well now it's 140. So if this is 20 grams too much, times seven cups of flour, how many grams too much am I gonna have? Wow, that's more than a whole nother cup too much. That would certainly influence our recipe. And it's really important to keep in mind what the essential skill really is in this case. Is being able to make a loaf of bread essential? 
Is that an essential skill? No. But knowing how to measure, knowing the difference between weighing and measuring can be helpful. Knowing how to measure dry ingredients and liquid ingredients. There are so many of those things that once you understand the basics, you're off and running to make whatever you want. And then to create from that recipe a whole new whatever it is by using your own creativity. Now, of course, there's plenty of you out there for whom this is nothing new. But for many people, this pandemic really brought in a paradigm shift on how they work, play, and live. And that can lead some to start looking up how to do these things they maybe never have before. Because of, of being forced or asked to stay home, folks have a whole new perspective on life. Before, we were running from one thing to another. We'd drive through a fast food place and, and grab something to eat on the way to the next stop. And all of a sudden, that came to a screeching halt. We weren't rushing from soccer practice to ballet practice to whatever else was next. And it's a fabulous future for people to realize, I can do this myself. Terry says if this is part of the new normal post-lockdown life, then she welcomes this change in the overall outlook of her field. You know, the whole idea of family and consumer sciences, and, and before that, of course, the name was home economics, the idea of homemaking was demeaning or belittling. And now it's like, here we all are at home. And what can we do to pass time? What can we do to improve our surroundings? When we come back, more from my conversation with Terry Hollern. We speak about what trials and tribulations she sees in the future for family and consumer science, as well as what's just down the road in her future. Tech Horizon is brought to you by CareerTech. Keep striving. This class has given me a good start, especially with stuff that I've done. I came into this class, I didn't know how to swing a hammer. It's fun to watch like the progress go so fast, you know, like go from not knowing how to do it to remembering how to do it next time. If I had advice for another student, it would be it's a lot of hard work and you just have to make sure and apply yourself. Just expect to work hard when you get here, so when you leave, you're best prepared to start your career. Visit us at poweredbyokcareertech.com to learn more. Welcome back. So, we talked about those home skills. Skills that have been around for a long time, but are just now coming back to prominence for a lot of people. 
With that being the case, we would also need to bring family and consumer science classes back into prominence at our schools, and that's where some challenges begin to arise. See, there's a shortage of FCS educators around the state and around the country. It's been that way for a while. So a while back, well before the lockdown, we sat down with a few of these educators and asked them to give us their pitch on why this field is so important. Family Consumer Sciences teaches us the skills that we need to know to adult, essentially. If we had to rename facts, it could be called Adulting 101, How to Adult. Kelsey Radcliffe says FCS is a solution to a common problem. We've all seen the meme on Facebook that says, things I never learned in high school. Uh, how to do taxes. What taxes even are. How to balance a checkbook or write a check. How to apply for a loan. But thank goodness I can tell you all about Pythagorean Theorem. So we've identified a problem. The problem is we're not being taught the things that we need to know. Carolyn Cotton, a retired educator, agrees. We're kind of the best kept secret. A lot of people will say, well, somebody ought to be teaching nutrition and wellness or somebody ought to be teaching about child development and family relationships and uh, communication skills. Well, that's exactly what we have been doing and have always been doing in our classes. And Caitlin Rowland, who was a student teacher at the time, and it doesn't matter what my students choose to do after they leave high school, whether they, you know, go and become a multimillionaire or they, you know, continue to work on their parents' farm. They need to know how to budget. They need to know what insurance is. They're probably going to need to know how to raise a child. So these are definitely life lessons that no matter what walk of life uh, they go into, they can absolutely take these lessons. Of course, this wasn't the only time we spoke to FCS teachers about their craft. Back in episode one, we spoke to an Air Force veteran who found a very fulfilling act two in his life by taking a non-traditional path. <laughs> a lot of them, they may not see the real impact of the knowledge I'm trying to make sure they have when they leave. Um, and hopefully, if I teach for quite a while, they'll come back and they can give me some good feedback that, hey, no kidding, I did need this. And they start getting on the right track and they come back and thank you. I love it. Hear his story and many more we've picked out from the Horizon archives at cthorizon.org. Just check out the show notes for this episode, Beyond Your Horizon. Now, back to my conversation with Terry Hollern. By this point, we had mixed up the dough and let it proof for a while, and she took me to another room in her house the sewing room. Spools of thread and colorful swatches of fabric, and not one, not two, but three sewing machines. Around her desk, you can also spot quite a few freshly sewn masks. Terry says these masks provide a perfect opportunity for learning this craft. So back in the 80s, when we were teaching sewing, students would make garments like with zippers and facings and sleeves, they'd make hard things. We've moved away from that. And it's kind of funny that masks teach so many great skills. Pleats, right? They Kids could learn to do pleats by making a mask. And the reason a lot of people are turning to mask making is simple. Through this pandemic, I think a lot of people have wanted to help in some form or fashion. A friend of mine 
called and wondered if he could borrow a sewing machine. He wanted to help. He wanted to do something. He, wouldn't, he wanted to make masks. And I told him, sure. You know, he said, well, how about if I just buy your extra machine from you? I was like, no. <laughs> I love this machine. You're welcome to use it. But everybody wants to feel needed, I think, and everybody wants to help. It's all about feeling like you're part of something and that you're helping. Those of us who don't have skills to be at a hospital and to, to help care for people, well, we can sew masks. All it takes is an easy web search to find the patterns for these masks. The fabric is not in short supply either, but other things very suddenly did. Along with yeast being hard to find, sewing machines are gone. If you walk into Joanne's Fabrics here in town and look, it looks like there are sewing machines. The demo models are still there, but if you look underneath where they keep the machines, no boxes of machines. Same thing at Walmart. This morning before you got here, I thought I'll just go ahead and check one of the giant online retailers. Let's see. Sure enough, there was a sewing machine. So I clicked on it and out of stock. <laughs> they don't know when it'll be available. Wow. Right, but I could, I could put in my email address and they would let me know. While the shortage of sewing machines and other things is rather sudden and unexpected, the shortage in educators to teach these skills is something that's been a crisis for quite some time. Nationally, there's only one state that exports family and consumer sciences teachers. That state, by the way, is Utah. Every other state, um, we all have a void that, that we need more. Over time, some of the FCS, Family Consumer Sciences, education programs have closed. There were three here in Oklahoma, and now if you want to graduate and be ready to go to the classroom in Oklahoma, there's only one place to do that. Other states are having exactly the same thing. Matter of fact, in some states, there's not even one college or university where you could go and become a family and consumer sciences teacher. While the present may be uncertain, however, the future looks promising. Just before I came over, Terry was talking with the incoming group of state officers for Oklahoma's FCCLA. You may remember them from our Career Tech Student Organizations episode. Think of it as FCS's student group. Many of them aspire to careers in this field. And that's what I asked them. You know, they have a unique opportunity in this world. Are you going to look back and try and recreate what we had? Or their, the motto of FCCLA is toward new horizons. Are you all gonna look toward new horizons and new technologies, innovations to make the world better than it was when we thought it was normal? Sure, why, you should. Collectively and individually, you have that ability. I hope they do. Terry says that same rewarding feeling of making something extends to showing students how to make these things. It's a fabulous occupation that allows you to help students develop themselves through leadership in a CTSO and FCCLA. It helps 
students feel more accomplished, have a sense of pride in the things that they can do, and help students find their passion, their niche. As a family consumer sciences educator, we have so many fields in family consumer sciences that we can help our students find. Um, you know, nutrition and dietetics falls in family consumer sciences. Early care and education, family consumer sciences. Flip to the other end of the life spectrum, gerontology, family and consumer sciences. So we got you covered, coming and going. But, but yes, we need more family and consumer sciences educators. She's been thinking a lot about the future lately, because just a few weeks from the day I was at her house, she was set to retire from career tech. After decades in the field, both teaching and administrating, she's keeping a hopeful view of things to come. I think the future for family and consumer sciences is bright, and I look forward to seeing how my successor and the team rolls that out and what that'll look like in Oklahoma. It's not something that old people do or old people need to know about, but the, just the accomplishment and the pride that you can feel in knowing how to do these things yourself. And as for her own future, well, the homemaking isn't ending. It'll just be focused more on this home. For me, my future, I am looking forward to doing whatever I want, whenever I want. I love to ride my bike. I'll be biking. I'll be spending time with grandchildren and enjoying family, friends. Oh, and by the way, the bread was fantastic. A final thought before we end today. I started this segment talking about new hobbies, crafts, or other things people started doing during the lockdown. My usual co-host Rob McClendon has been definitely learning a new normal over at his place with his fiance. He told me they now know how their stove works, and have gained a new appreciation for people who whip up those tasty treats we used to eat way too much of back at work. As for me, well, being single, I was already cooking for myself fairly regularly, but in trying to limit my trips to the grocery store, I found myself experimenting with new dishes to really get the most out of what's in my fridge and pantry. I've also been getting around to some tech projects I haven't had time to otherwise. I built some video arcade cabinets, which have definitely helped to pass the time. But for some of you, maybe you haven't really felt up to it. Maybe you felt it hard to stay productive. Maybe it takes all your energy just to get through the day at home, working from home or not. And that's okay. We're all going through a collective, sometimes tragic, ordeal. And with other tragedies piling in on top of that in just recent days, it's understandable if the best we can do right now is survive. 
The options are out there to learn bread making, sewing, and whatnot. As Terry said, they've always been there. And they'll continue to be there even after the lockdowns are a distant memory. It all goes back to what I've been saying on this show, and in person, since the COVID crisis got started. And this goes for both your physical and mental conditions. Stay healthy. Thank you all so very much for listening today. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a good rating on your podcast app of choice. It's a quick, simple action that really goes a long way in putting us on other people's radars. And another good way to do that is to share this episode with a friend or several friends. And we'll see you all in our next episode. We've got a ton of great stories, and we can't wait to share them with you. And when those come down, you'll hear about them on Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com slash cthorizon or on Twitter at CT underscore Horizon. You can also stay up to date with the show at cthorizon.org. There you can find Oma's Bread Recipe. Yes, Terry was so kind to share that with us. And we've also got plenty more stories from the world of family and consumer sciences. Just check out this episode's show notes, Beyond Your Horizon. Tech Horizon is a production of the Oklahoma Department of Career and Technology Education and is produced by me, Blaine Singletary, and Rob McClendon, with additional help from Connie Romans. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Your Horizon.